Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. Have you ever heard of a four-burner theory? It's a way of thinking of work-life balance, like a burner on a stove representing an area of life. Burner number one represents family. Burner number two represents friends. Burner number three, health. And burner number four, work. A missing burner in my mind for that theory is faith. I personally would put that in the center of the stove. The idea of this theory is that you have to cut off one to be successful and two to be really successful. Brennan LaRue is someone that finds a way to balance five burners better than almost anyone I've ever seen. Brandon is authentic. He's genuine. He's a man of God. He's a husband, a father of three, an entrepreneur, and now an author. Brandon just released his first book, Special Strength, Lessons from Livia, which has already become a number one new release. Brandon, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Before we get into the lessons of the book, tell us about Livia and how she inspired you to write this book. Well, thanks for having me, Tate. First and foremost, um, I'm pumped to be on here and spend some time with you. Uh, so, uh, Livia has been, ever since she's been born, she's been an inspiration to me, uh, and, and a wonder and a curiosity and a million different things in between. Uh, but from a sense, from a source of inspiration, she's just gone through so much more, uh, poking, prodding, um, you know, uh, surgeries and upcoming surgeries. And, and all the while she just keeps this beautifully, um, happy, joyful, uh, perfection about her. And so I just, I am constantly inspired by her and, and all the lessons. And I know we'll talk about some of these things, but all the lessons that she, that she, that she shares with me. And then, you know, and as you said, I'm a man of faith. So I believe, um, God uses her to speak to me, um, to teach me these lessons. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a dude just like you Tate. So, you know, I, I fall short, I stumble, you know, I got a lot of old bad habits that I'm trying to get rid of. And, um, between Livia, well, between the Lord and Livia, it's, uh, it's been an, it's been a sharpening process and I'm just grateful for. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about her background. What makes her so unique? Yeah. So Livia was born with a really rare form. You know, when she was originally, when she was born, we thought she was just having reflux and, uh, you know, if, if, I don't know if any of, your, any of your children had that, but like just arching kind of discomfort and crying and uh, the nurses just kind of attributed it to reflux. And then third day in, in the hospital, um, they were running some basic tests. The PT came in just to do kind of her standard assessment. And we thought we were gonna go home that day and Livia was having an episode of what we thought was a reflux episode. And, and you know, the tables turned really quickly. The, the PT's like, no, oh, that's a seizure. And she's been having multiple seizures because all those reflux episodes were now attributed as seizures and it was like that and they had a they had her in one of those i don't even know what they're called man this this transport chamber mm-hmm. like an <laughs> and, incubator yeah and, and we were following uh, an ambulance to university of minnesota children's hospital 
And, you know, we're just kind of like, what is going on? Um, so from the, you know, from the moment she was born, it's been interesting. And so what, what, what came to be, she's got the, the umbrella form is epilepsy. And, but there's, you know, a lot of people don't know this. Epilepsy is kind of like cancer in that it's got a, it's got a name and then there's a million different offshoots of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so epilepsy is the broad term, but her specific uh, issue is uh, it's called KCNQ2. That's the gene that is mutated in her body. And it basically kind of shuts off her potassium channels to her cells. So it just, if you know, you being a, um, you know, a, a sports science and um, background like that, you know, electrolyte imbalances can mm -hmm. jack things up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, it, 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 it jacks things up in Livia's biochemistry. And so it leaves her, you know, muscle tone is very low, uh, and her cognitive by the world standards, very behind. Um, she can't, can't walk. She can't talk. She can't, um, hold her head up. You know, she's got to feed from a bottle. Um, so she's very unique that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of amazing things that she can do. And that's, you know, that's what we focus on. So Livia is four, five right now, correct? She's almost five. Yeah, almost five. Five here pretty soon in so August. One of the first lessons that I wanted to, you to talk about today is empathy. As a fellow parent of three kiddos, uh, that one can be a challenge. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more of a challenge for for us guys than than our our better halves. But what does Livia teach us about empathy? Yeah, I think where I've struggled with it is, you know, I think you and I have a lot in common, Tate, just uh, being competitors, athletes, uh, and then coaching people. You kind of become somewhat of a self-proclaimed excuse expert, right? You can see them coming a mile away and, mm -hmm. and you think you got it all figured out. And and sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a, that can be a negative thing, you know, you don't, really truly understand where people are coming from before you make a judgment or call them out on their excuse. And so I, I, I used to be that way and still am to a certain degree, but what I've learned just dealing with, uh, with Livia, um, what she teaches me is when I watch her interact with people, she is so just accepting of, of everybody. And she's very like emotionally intelligent she kind of like she'll mimic the the energy and the emotion that you bring to the interaction with her if you're mm -hmm. frustrated like if i've been very frustrated with her and i write about it really raw and honestly in, my, in the book and where i'm i'm ashamed of myself for losing my cool lack, lacking patience lacking empathy with her and she it's just right back. The more I got frustrated, the more she would cry. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as I would settle down, calm down, and and really watch my wife interact with her, because <laughs> she's got just grace and patience, how she would calm down. And so it really taught me, like, man, I gotta control my emotions better. I gotta, mm -hmm. I gotta match where people are at. I gotta try to walk them out in their shoes before. I try to fix it or call them out, you mm -hmm. know, because helping when you understand someone better, when you can build a relationship with them and you understand where that 
shortcoming or that excuse is really coming from, well, now you get, now you're better equipped to help them solve the problem. If you're just, you know, uh, if you just got like a standard response to everything, man, people are unique. They come from different places, different experiences. I coach a lot of kids and, um, I used to, I used to be that way with kids. I'd be like, that little kid, man, he's just a little troublemaker. He's just a little crap face, you know? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But just a little, you know what? You know what I'm talking about, Tate. Mm-hmm. And, and Livia's taught me that, that, look, you don't know their whole story. You don't know what their home life is like. You don't know what their faith life is like, or if they even have one. Um, you don't know if they're bullied at school, you know? And it's like... So now I, I see things all through a very different lens, and a lot of that's you know what Livia's taught me. Yeah, that's amazing. I I 100% agree with you on that. It's it's getting to their level, and and you know, I mean, I mean the most the most important thing in in coaching people is getting to their heart, not their head, right? And so yeah. often. I or we or people, we get in our own heads, right? And we try to just think, oh, we listen to hear people. We listen to respond rather than listen to hear people. And uh, I think the best way to connect to to kids and to our significant others and, and people we care about is is connect to their heart, not 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 our head. And and that's such a powerful shift and such a great lesson from Livia. One that I really liked. Well, it was a good tester for me. Um, another lesson in the book is surrender the outcome. And the reason why I really wanted to get to that word is because surrender, we just talked about it a little bit as, as athletes we're taught about like never surrender, never give up like brave heart mentality. And a hard thing for me in my walk with, with God and my walk in faith was, was to surrender and understand that everything that in my life that is, is good it comes from God and um, all the other stuff probably comes from, from, uh, you know, areas that, that I'm, I'm looking the wrong direction or looking for, you know, achievement or acknowledgement. And so I would love for you to talk about that lesson from, from Livia to, to teach us about how to surrender the outcome. Yeah, man. Um, so with Livia in particular, uh, you know, I've, I've had to, you know, these are some conversations that oftentimes my wife and I, we, we don't talk about because it, it scares us. Um, but we do, we do have these conversations, but they're the ones that are tough, the tough conversations, uh, in regards to Livia, you know, like, um, surrendering, surrendering the outcome with her is the fact that she, you know, coming to grips that she, you know, we pray for her to be completely healed all the time. And, and we are, we can, we continue to do that and are, and are believing for that. Um, however, um, surrendering the outcome is the fact that she may never be healed. Mm-hmm. And, um, but knowing the outcome though, in an eternal perspective is that in heaven, she's perfect. She's, she's, she'll walk, she'll talk, she'll run, she'll play. Um, and we can only begin to fathom what heaven, heaven is like, but she'll be, she'll be perfect there. And, and I struggle even saying that because I think she's so wonderfully amazing right now. 
would you, know, like, would she say, would you say that she has some qualities that all of us could learn? I mean, just, oh, I, I know we can't get through all 20 lessons that are in the book, but what are, I mean, cause I know you're right about to hit on that. Like what are those, those qualities that so, so many of us just are shortcomings for us, but are so apparent in Livia? I would say Tate that the best way I can describe it is she is she doesn't struggle with all the sin and um, all the negative pulls that we experience uh, as us regular folks, you know, like all the racial injustice that's going on in the world, all the the envy, all the gossip, all the negativity. Mm-hmm. She doesn't participate in that, you know, and she's just wonderfully present, loves every single person that comes into her past. And is happy, is joyful. Does she cry sometimes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But like, I, I just, you know, in a, in a worldly sense, you know, the world would define her as disabled, as um, special needs. And I talk about this in the book. I'm like, who doesn't have special needs? Mm-hmm. Hey, you got special needs. I got special needs. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm like, let's all let's let's create a level playing field here. Mm-hmm. Um, she. You know, I think she, she is almost, and, and and it's not just Livia. This is a, a perspective for a lot of things we don't understand about, um, you know, kids and adults with, with special needs. And this can extend beyond that even, is I think, you know, I often wonder if they're the evolved ones. Mm-hmm. And we're the, we're the devolved ones. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that she doesn't communicate like us, but she surely communicates. And it's like in this, in these, coos and uh these tones that she makes and i'm you know i oftentimes just think man you know like she's communicating with angels you know and and Mm -hmm. the lord and so it's really fascinating you know and that that perspective has just really changed me big time and i know that 99.9% 99.9% of people will only hear this, but to see your face light up as you were describing that, it, it was it's pretty amazing. As we're on this Zoom call, I mean, that was pretty amazing to see your face light up. That's that genuine, authentic, you know, real response. If you could pick another lesson that you think the, from the book that the audience would really grab onto, uh, what, what would, I, I know it's hard to pick. I mean, you have 20 great lessons in there, but yeah. what, for this current time, you know, what, what would be a great lesson to, to share? Yeah, there are some, I mean, I wrote it, so obviously I'm a little biased and I, I kind of like <laughs> each of them in, independently, but, um, you know, I think I like super compensation and I think because, you know, I'm a strength coach, fitness guy, coach, you know, sports and all that. And super compensation is a, you know, a term of how a body responds after a training stimulus, provided that you recover and, you know, put some good things into your body. You, after breaking yourself down, you actually get stronger. Mm -hmm. It's kind of counterintuitive. I mean, it's amazing how God created us. Like Tate, I can go take you through a, strength training workout literally damage your muscles and you rest recover and all of a sudden those you know those myofibrils and those they get stronger your neuromuscular system gets more efficient it almost sounds like a like a 
artificial intelligence, right? Like, um, our bodies are that way. Mm -hmm. I'm just fascinated by it. And, but what's more fascinating is it's not just physiology that where supercompensation, where that lesson ends. Um, you know, Livia's teaching me just like comfort zones and, you know, basically when we stress ourselves in a certain area, that area can grow and, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So for example, like a lot of times people struggle with, you know, getting outside their comfort zone. They start to feel those little nervous butterflies and boy, oh boy, when they start to feel those things, they shut down. They make Mm -hmm. sure they never feel that way again. They don't want to feel that way. And, and in doing so, they're stressing that, that response to never do anything outside their comfort zone. So that thing supercompensates. It becomes like this double reinforced, um, I don't know, some super solid structure. We'll call it brick wall, mm-hmm. you know, because they've stressed it so much that they, it's so hard for them to change. Conversely, if you are constantly pushing that boundary, you get to that boundary where you get the butterflies and then you stress it by pushing that boundary, man, you're constantly reinforcing and and you grow your growth super compensates. You just get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's a really unique concept. I think that you can take from what happens to muscle after a workout to every area of your life. If you stress it, um, it'll super compensate. You'll grow. Yes. And, um, so, you know, Livia has just kind of taught me, you know, uh, that super compensation principle that, that extends far beyond the physiology of a body after a workout. Absolutely. It's, there's, there's no progress made in our comfort zones. And I, my takeaway there is get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where yeah. the, that's where the best results are. That's where the most progress is made, whether that be physically emotionally spiritually uh on every level so that's so good it goes right into adversity because one of your favorite sayings is adversity is preparation for greatness i'm Mm -hmm. a believer that adversity is one of our best teachers to grow in Mm -hmm. your journey with this book as a parent as a husband how has adversity prepared you for this moment uh well I mean, I think we've all experienced our fair share of adversity in, in our lives. You know, and my adversity isn't any more special or significant than any other person who listens to this podcast. Is What's unique is how you respond to adversity. You know, adversity can really force – what's always fascinated me about people, and even, even um, in hindsight, my own responses to adversity, I've learned a lot. Uh, but what's interesting is how – Adversity really forces some people to rise up. Like when adversity comes, man, they just, they get better because of it. And then there's people who just shut down. It, it, it ruins them. And maybe it's because they never learned that lesson or maybe they just haven't learned it yet. Uh, for example, uh, my mom passed away when I was 14 years old. Uh, she had cancer. Um, she got diagnosed when I was 12 and she passed away when I was 14. And I mean, that's a massive hit of adversity at a, at a pretty interesting age in life. And, um, but my, my response to it was, was to kind of compartmentalize it 
um, you know, like it hurt, you know, it hurt. I, I miss my mother every single day, but, uh, I, I kinda, I used that to respond to do other good things. Like I excelled athletically, you know, I could have very easily used that as a excuse and people probably would have understood if I started acting out, if I started doing drugs, if I started, you know, getting in trouble. Well, his mom just passed away. Yeah. Or you can respond in a different way. Like there's two paths, Mm -hmm. right? Which one do you take? And so I, I, you know, that was my first first lesson in life of how to life goes on when really bad things happen and, and you can still do good. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, that example can inspire people. So, I mean, that's just one example, Tate. And, and then, you know, more recently, I mean, I've done some stupid things in my life. You know, I, um, I wasn't a strong person of faith growing up. I was a good kid, uh, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ or anything like that. And I you know, went through my college years as a party animal, um, you know, that was that athlete guy that partied too much and, and had my priorities mixed up and um, ended up in the slammer a couple times because I was just being dumb. And, but that, that, that too is a form of adversity and, and you can, again, two paths. Oh, you can sit there and mope about it and uh, think you just got some bad luck. And there was a times where I used to think that way, like, Oh man, I just can't catch a break. Until I grew up, until mm-hmm. I matured, until I owned my mistakes, until I understood, until I own what happened to me, I, I can never, the power is outside of myself to change. And when I grew up and matured and I started to own my own mistakes, it freed me up. Because now that I owned my mistakes, I can own the fact that I can learn from those mistakes and I can get better. Absolutely. So, um, and then, you know, of course, recently uh, with Livia, you know, that's Again, it's adversity. Um, I, you know, as a parent, as a father, you don't expect it wasn't like something we knew prior to her being born, and then it, and then it happens. And then um, one thing that I've just learned, and, and maybe we'll talk about this in a second, is 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 to be inspired, is to live inspired. And if you live that way, when you experience adversity, you, you see it in a different light. You see it as this hurdle. You see it as this, you, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say this tape, but like, it's like, it's like a guy saying, dude, I can beat you in wrestling. Like, Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Well, lace them up, buddy. Cause we're going to make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. It, you know? So that's, that. You know, it's kind of how you, you live inspired. Like um, when, when Livia was born with these challenges, I was I'm like, man, I got, I got to get better. I got to become a way better dad than I already am. I got to get way better um, in, my, in my walk with Christ. I need to get way better as a husband. Um, and, and thankfully... She's taught me, Livia's taught me so many lessons so, so I can get better, you know? Absolutely. But if I didn't have that perspective, it could very easily, um, I mean, I can't, I don't know anyone personally, but I can imagine, again, those two paths. It, 
you know, that adversity could probably destroy some families, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that's a shame. Yeah. And I, I mean, adversity introduces you to yourself. And I think that's such a powerful time where, you know, all of us are given those choices, and I made many of those same mistakes that you were referencing <laughs> from your college days. And it's 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 a great opportunity to learn and grow. And I hope anyone listening, if you feel like, well, I haven't responded the best to adversity up until this point, Brandon said, you know, maybe haven't yet. You know, like, and it's not about being better than you than anybody else. It's like be better. Period. There's like Correct. just a period on that. Be better, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we're focusing on being better than anybody, it's just the person we were the day before. And I think you yeah. said a lot of great things in there. One thing I wanted to definitely get to is that I think everyone could use a little bit more of in this time is is it's about love, right? What has Livia taught you about love and what, what can she teach all of us about love? That love is a verb, man. That love is action. Love is to serve. It's to care. It's not just to say it, you know, um, you know, I'm very active on social media, uh, but it's one thing to, to type or text. I love you or love this. I love that. You know, um, it's almost like a buzzword. Mm -hmm. It's, show it, you know, show it. Um, don't intend to do things for people that you love. Go do it. You know, um, go show, you know, people in your workplace that you love them by how you treat them, by how you serve them. Um, you know, as a, as a coach, how I coach kids, how I, how I coach, how I interact, how I go the extra mile. Um, you know, all those things, you know, Livia has taught me because she can't tell me she's, she's never said, I love you, dad. Mm-hmm. And, and I would pay every dollar I had for her to say that. Um, but it doesn't matter. The fact that she hasn't said it, I don't feel like I'm lacking Livia's love. She shows it to me all the time just by, by spending time with me, by how she looks at me, by our, our, cooing conversations, our smiles, our laughs, um, our tears, you know, love is so much more than what you say. Although words have power. If you have the ability to speak, Livia doesn't have that in, in, in our human language. Um, words are powerful too, but actions, you know, I think the best combination is when you can merge the two, when you can use words and back it up with your actions. But if it's one or the other, man, show it. Mm-hmm. Show it. As a parent, man, that's such a powerful thing because I could tell my kids anything, but if they don't see me do it, am I setting the example? And we see that coaching people all the yeah. time. And you, I mean, you referenced that earlier. We've never walked a mile in their shoes. And until we can get to that level of like, hey, how do you build that trust? How do you get to their heart? How do you show them love? Maybe that they haven't ever, I mean, we can't control the hands we were dealt, but we can control how we play the hand. And, uh, that's, man, that's a a powerful lesson in there as well. What's, what's a final message that you'd like to share about the book, uh, Livia and, and how we can all just have a better perspective of life to, 
to really make sure that we're living an inspired life and that our perspective is about life's blessings? I think by having an eternal perspective, uh, I think is, is the best. And, uh, I would argue maybe the only way to, to look at life, you know, is what do you, when it's all done, when it's all said and done, another way to put it might be Tate, uh, is to begin with the end in mind. You know, you look at your life and, and when it's done, if the Lord blesses you with a long life, you're in your eighties, nineties, and you're looking back at your life. What do you want that thing to look like? You know, do you want it to be, um, you know, maybe you've heard this before, like, is your life going to be a story worth reading? Is it going to be a movie worth watching? Or is it just going to be you and a clicker and a Netflix binge session and, and just living a life of redundancy and, and, and no passion? Um, now, to take that one step further, eternal perspective is, is what do you do with Jesus? What do you do with heaven? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that can tie back into the original question you asked me, Tate, about surrendering the outcome. What, what allows me personally to live inspired, to um, take this gift that is Livia, which, you know, is a heavy dose of adversity in the world's eyes. And I just see it as this awesome opportunity to be her dad. Uh, that comes from the Lord. That comes, you know, peace that transcends all understanding that comes from the Lord. It comes from, um, knowing that when I'm done here, whether it's, you know, we could shut the zoom down, storm rolls over, zaps me and I'm gone. Um, I know where I'm going, Mm -hmm. you know, I know where I'm going and I know where she's going and where my family's going. And that is, you know, it, it, it's way better than where we're, where we're at right here. We can't even fathom it. So it allows me to live each day um, with way less stress. Doesn't mean I am stress free. Doesn't mean I, I don't struggle. I'm still I'm human. I sin, but I surely try to sin less. And it just really eases up the burdens in my life and allows me to live joyful and happy and inspired and um, to make a difference in the lives of other people because that's what Jesus did. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a that's a great explanation point on uh, an amazing book, and I'll, I'll definitely reference uh, in the the show notes of how to get the book. And so definitely pick it up, Brandon. Appreciate you so much for hopping on the podcast with me and sharing your perspective, sharing your love for your beautiful daughter, and uh, the best is yet to come. Hey, thanks for inviting me, Tate. It was an honor to be invited on your podcast. So thanks a lot, brother. My pleasure. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Brandon gave us tons of key takeaways, but the challenge right at the end of the podcast from him was begin with the end in mind. And he challenged us with a question, is your life a story worth reading? And the only way you can continue to answer yes to that question is by the actions you take each and every day. What action steps are you going to take today to continue or start making your story one worth reading? 
Remember to visit the show notes to get Brandon's book, Special Strength Lessons from Livia. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Hit the subscribe button if you have not done so yet. Share this episode with a friend. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please give it a five-star review. I look forward to connecting with you again soon.